0: Hello, sisters and brothers, and welcome to the Solidarity Center podcast, an interview show that highlights and celebrates the individuals working for labor rights, the freedom to form unions, and democracy across the globe. I'm your host, Shauna Bader Blau. I'm also the executive director of the Solidarity Center in Washington, D.C., We're the largest U.S.-based international worker rights organization. We empower workers to raise their voice for dignity on the job, for justice in their communities, and for greater equality in the global economy. And for one just future. On April 19, 2022, at least 18 union leaders were arrested in Belarus, where an autocracy has run the country since the fall of the Soviet Union. This is one of the most far-reaching series of arrests of trade union leaders in the history of modern Europe. Today, the government of Belarus has aligned itself with President Putin's invasion of Ukraine, despite the protest of many in Belarus. The workers' movement in Belarus has spoken out clearly and decisively against the war on Ukraine, and against their government's support for it, which is one big reason why they were arrested. Unions worldwide and global organizations like the United Nations International Labor Organization and Amnesty International are universally condemning those arrests and calling for the immediate release of these union leaders who are being held in pre-trial detention awaiting sentencing. They are being denied access to lawyers. One of those arrested was Sergei Antasevich, the vice president of the Belarusian Congress of Democratic Trade Unions. We talked with Sergey on episode two of the Solidarity Center podcast in March of 2021 and he spoke passionately about how Belarusian workers took to the streets to protest fraudulent elections in 2020 that meant the country's autocrat, Alexander Lukashenko, would continue in power. The massive resistance movement that began in 2020 has been fueled by workers, with many women leading protests and gathering in public defiance of a regime that relentlessly seeks to crush those who stand up for democracy. We want to share this episode again in honor of the bravery of Sergei and the many workers across Belarus who literally risk their lives for democracy, freedom, and social justice. And we want to bring to light once more the stirring words of a union leader whose belief that all people should be treated decently, with dignity and respect, has meant constant dedication to improving their lives at work through unions and their rights to freedom through democracy. We open with Sergey taking us back to that moment in August 2020 when the presidential election happened and the people rejected the outcome. Take us to that moment in August of last year when the presidential election happened and afterwards people rejected the outcome. When is the first time you really realized that this was a different time in history than ever before?
1: After use excessive violence against peaceful protesters in many factories uh, began to Express their position actively, protest against violence and fraud, and uh, started at first time in modern Belarus setting up strike committees. We have banned for strike, for organizing strike. The protesters had had the demands, resignation of Lukashenko and uh, his clique, and in violence and repressions, and holding election. At the same time, at the call of our organization, BKDP, the workers and employees began to quit uh, the uh, state trade unions and try to create independent trade unions. Wow. The protesters gave rise appearing numerous civil society initiatives and NGOs. New organizations have appeared where uh they have never excited particularly in uh, healthcare institutions and uh, educational establishments we met many times these people doctors teachers students it's uh, incredible really I, I i i don't have this feeling uh, before so across
0: sectors, blue-collar workers in factories and in other blue-collar industries, white-collar workers from teachers to people in hospitals and universities, across the whole variety of types of employment in Belarus, we have independent worker committees forming and people joining independent unions. It really feels like the workers' movement is deeply at the heart of the democracy movement in Belarus. And I wonder if you could tell me why that is. Where does that come from, that spirit of organizing and worker collective power and engagement?
1: I try to explain uh, our legislation system and uh, repression regime, uh, repre- re- repression uh, all freedoms, freedom of assembly. Freedom of association, and uh, Belarus uh, in the blacklist, in the short li- short list, in every year in ILO ILO International Labour Committee come, uh, Conference. I think uh, this year was uh, another trigger for changing the regime. Was attitude of Lukashenko towards uh, the COVID-19 problem? At first, he denied it. At all the existence of the epidemic. Then he began inventing his own version of pandemic and its treatment, but each time trying to conceal a real statistic and extent of the disease. This disdainful attitude towards the people also played a very important role in escalating the protest, Of course. Finally, Lukashenko came to election having imprisoned but practically all his real opponents. Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, who went to the polls instead of her husband, Sergei Tikhanovsky, who was imprisoned by Lukashenko, has personified the fight for fair election only. There was only one point in her program. It's the main problem of our life, holding fair election in the country after the victory within six months. And she
0: represents, as we understand it, a large number of women leaders in the country of Belarus across civil society and the emerging activist class. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the role of young women and women leaders in this movement?
1: Women began the protests after uh, brutal violence after. August 10th and 11th when uh, a lot of people was beaten, a lot of people was uh, detained, a lot of people jailed and and, uh, opened uh, criminal cases and uh, first rally, women rally in Minsk was really, really, really so, so emotional, so hard when uh, Women uh, staying with with flowers in uh, white color clothes. I I I have uh, I not have enough uh, words to describe my feelings. It's very 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 uh, strong and emotional. And uh, after that starts uh, other rallies. I have birthday on. Sixteenth uh, of August. It was first three hundred rally in Minsk. I never seen a lot of people in my birthday. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're painting such a vivid picture of the rallies. Women wearing white and holding flowers. Public squares filling with more and more people. And brother Sergey. When you think about the future for your country, what does a free belarus look like to you
1: for me it's a free country pro european country it's so it's so hard because uh twenty twenty six years people can't to do can't to participate in 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 uh, in the real social activities in real civil society organizations. Our organization of real uh, unions, it's only 10,000 people. It's little, little. Uh... Another one, Pro State Federation, uh, had four million and a half million people. We need to build strong unions. Now I uh, know that we need a lot of training and education collective bargaining, organizing, campaigning, occupational safety and health at work issues. Because millions of people affiliated to the state controls unions had no idea what what real unions should be.
0: You know, Brother Sergey, could we take a minute on that? Because I think not all of our listeners will understand the role of a state labor federation. It's not the role of a trade union, really. It plays a different kind of role in a repressive state. Can you just tell us a little bit about the state controlled federation? What
1: was its job? What did it do? In 2002 when I uh, first time was in Germany, I asked about uh, role of uh, workers organization in the fascism fascism time. And uh, the answer was uh, at the enterprises uh, level. This organization sometimes help to people, and at the national level, it's only only voted for for state for president. It's not real union. It's I I, I can't to to call uh, this uh, social dialogue process, but but sometimes uh, we participated in in uh, this meeting. It's. Uh, real Soviet-type Soviet system when uh, you can't criticize authorities, maybe sometimes government, but not president.
0: So a state labor federation has members that are workers, but they don't play the role in the society at the enterprise level with employers or with the state of fighting or advocating for workers' rights. Contrast that to your independent trade union federation and your hopes for the future of the independent labor movement in Belarus. What do you hope become the gains of the new independent unions of
1: Belarus? I saw that uh, we, we don't have a social dialogue in the country for 26 years, as long as the regime has been established. Social dialogue uh, exists as uh, formality in order to disorient the world community. And formal government, formal trade unions and employers play a similar role in our country. And uh, in our situation, all social partners will have to start the work on building up a social dialogue in the country practically from zero. For us, it's a very important task.
0: So social dialogue where workers and their representatives, employers and their representatives and the government actually negotiate over labor market and wages and working condition, minimum standards and other things. Is this possible to achieve absent
1: democracy? I expect that without real social dialogue, we don't have any chance to build a democracy in our country. Only on uh, international labor standards uh, we must build a new model of uh, social dialogue. And uh, we will uh, have a new process of uh, negotiation Real negotiation with uh, employees, uh, with uh, employers, employees with employers.
0: So, Brother Sergei, let's turn to what's happening right now. In the New York Times opinion piece that you published, very powerful piece you published in August of last year, you closed by saying change is happening in Belarus and that Belarusians are ready to confront the uncertainty. Going forward and the uncertainty of the future, talk to me about that uncertainty right now. Do you feel you've turned the page and we're headed in a new for a new Belarus? Does the movement feel the momentum is towards democracy and towards openness? How are you feeling? How is the movement feeling right now, months into the struggle?
1: This article uh, was with uh, real, uh, real emotions in August. It was an incredible thing when we had a lot of meetings, a lot of marching, a lot of rallies. But uh, now we live in New Belarus because uh, people were changing. People's opinions, majority of people voted for democracy. But we have police state regime and uh, we have old legislation a lot of obstacles. For example, when we establish a new uh, new trade union organization, we must to have permission from the authorities. Yesterday we were received three cases when authorities forbidden to us to establish and uh, legalise our our organization. So
0: the authorities are blocking what? your right yes. to form international unions yes.
1: in court. Yes, yes.
0: Sergey, why is the government so afraid of the trade union movement?
1: <laughs> because uh, because uh, they always say that uh, workers voted for president and uh, voted uh, for a strong state. And uh, these rules now... This uh, not true.
0: You were saying earlier there's been a fundamental change in the people. Yes, yes. What else has changed, do you think, permanently
1: in Belarus? General change in the head, in the minds. Today, people know that uh, a pro-democracy society is a majority. It's not, uh, not uh, 10 or 20 percent in the majority. It's up to up to eighty, up to ninety percent of people might be in uh, in the village, in the small towns where people don't have uh, tablets, computers, and uh, see only state television. They recognized this political regime like like a power, like a like a real real power. And in Minsk, in big cities in the towns, no,
0: and you know I was thinking about your long leadership in civil society through years of repression and in this movement, and I know you must have drawn inspiration from somewhere where Where do you get your inspiration personally? Where do you get your drive to stay in this? This struggle and in this movement for workers and for a more
1: free Belarus. My inspiration is uh, uh, this: is a people, people who stand and fight. In after this uh, August, I know that uh, I have neighbors, I have uh, uh, workers at uh, several enterprises, a lot of enterprises in Belarus, who wants to live in free and democratic Belarus in, in a European country.
0: I really want to thank you for sharing so much of this powerful story with us today.
1: Uh, I thank you because it's uh, very important for me to share this information. And uh, sometimes I, I can to find uh, English words and uh, emotions for explaining.
0: I felt very, every single one of your emotions, Sergey. It's a powerful story of workers coming together, brave and standing up for fairness in their country after years of repression. It's a powerful story, your story, my brother Sergey, of a life dedicated to your people, your country, your labor movement and for a vision of the future that inspires, I'm sure, everyone who hears this story. Thank you so much, and thank you for sharing your experience with us. Thank you. The image of Belarusian workers taking to the streets in defiance of an authoritarian government is so powerful. Belarus workers have endured repression for decades. They have risked their lives to protest restrictions on their democratic freedoms including the right to have strong independent unions. For more than 100 years, workers and their unions all over the world have been driving force for democratic change. They have advanced a vision of democracy centered on political freedoms, economic rights, and social justice. Right now, autocratic regimes are directly targeting workers and their unions at a larger scale around the world than we've seen in decades, more than I've ever seen in my life. Burma, Hong Kong, Belarus, Ethiopia, Bangladesh, Uganda, the list goes on. We know that democracy is under attack around the world and because labor rights are a foundation of true democracy, Governments and employers are making it difficult, even impossible, for workers to join unions and make their voices heard. And the people who stand up for democracy, who stand for worker rights, who stand against authoritarianism, these are the voices that need to be heard right now. Sergei Antasevich, we hear you. The trade unionists arrested by the Belarus government are promoting a vision of democracy centered on political freedoms and justice, things that the reigning autocracy just will not abide. Our hearts are with you, Brother Sergei, and with all our sisters and brothers now imprisoned. We join the global community in demanding your immediate release. Unions around the world are standing up for Sergei Antasevich, Alexander Yaroshuk, Irina bout Alexander Evdokchimchik, Vitali Kichmaram, Jana Malash, Mikhail Gromov, Vasily Berezhnev, Gennadi Fedinich, Dmitry Borodko, Vaclav Oreshko, Nikolai Sharak, Alexander Bukvostov, Ola Bredakova, You can support them and the campaign by going to laborstart.org, L-A-B-O-U-R-S-T-A-R-T dot O-R-G. Or look for the link in the podcast notes to this show. Also in the podcast notes, you'll see what unions are doing to assist workers and their families in Ukraine and find out how you can help them too. You can follow and subscribe to the Solidarity Center podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your shows. Learn more about the Solidarity Center at SolidarityCenter.org and follow our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Solidarity Center podcast is a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, and our show is produced and engineered by Adam Yaffe. A special thanks to the staff of the Solidarity Center who assisted with this podcast. In more than 60 countries around the world, we work to ensure a righteous future for workers, dignity, freedom, equality, and justice. For the Solidarity Center podcast, I'm Shauna Bader Blau. Thanks for listening.